Hi, and thanks for listening to another audio podcast from Creekside Community Church, Narangba, Queensland. For more information and resources, please visit our website at www.creekside.org.au. I reckon we should have some fun in here too. Anyone up for a little bit of fun? All right, we'll pop up the, the outline there. We're going to start. Today's topic is on, on taming the tongue. Everyone say, taming the tongue. Oh, thank you for that enthusiasm, everyone. But I think before we get into the, the topic, taming the tongue, because definitely one that affects all of us, we should do a few tongue twisters. How's that sound? Does that sound good? We'll do the first one together, and then I need some volunteers. All right, the first one says this. Let's say it together. Ready? Sinful Caesar sipped his snifter, seized his knees and sneezed. All right, let's say that fast. Ready? Everyone, go. Sinful Caesar sipped his snifter, seized his knees and sneezed. All right, that was an easy one. That was just a little warm-up. The Guinness World Book of Records says this is the hardest tongue twister in the English language. Are you ready? Say it with me quick. The sick, sheep, sick, sick, sheep, sick. No, that wasn't very good. All right, who's going to have a volunteer on this one? Someone? Give me a show of hands, somebody. Have a go. You're not allowed to practice it. Anybody? Game. All right, we'll try it one more time together. You ready? The six, six, sheep, six, sheep, sick. That apparently is the hardest tongue twister in the world. This one says, are you ready? Let's go. The skunk sat on a stump. The skunk thunk that the stump stunk, but the stump thunk that the stunk stunk. Interesting, right? Here we go. Let's do this one. Everyone out loud, go. You've no need to light a night light on a light night like tonight. For a night light's light and a slight light, tonight's night, that's light. When a night's light, like tonight's light, it's really not quite right to light night lights with slight lights on a light night like tonight. Well done. Well done. All right, we've got to say this one really fast. Get no practice on this. Ready, steady, and... Oh, hang on, I cut that one out. All right, we won't. I cut that one out. Okay, the, the Bible says here we've got the tongue has the power of life and death in it. You know that the tongue is the strongest muscle in your body and the only muscle that's connected only at one end. Isn't that interesting? Some fun facts. The tongue heals faster than any other part of the body. Isn't that interesting? And you know what? If you ever find a white rash on your tongue, it's likely that you've got a fungus growing on it. So make sure you let us know and we'll pray for you, okay? Almost half of all the bacteria in your mouth is on your tongue. Interesting. Your tongue never stops working. Did you know that? Even while you're sleeping, your tongue is pushing saliva around inside your mouth. The Bible says in 1 Peter, whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. The Bible has a lot to say about our tongues, everyone. A lot. Why is that? Because our tongue really is going to help determine our future, our reputations, our character, and our integrity. All of these things are determined from our tongue. And there's no wondering why it's so important because we spend about a fifth of our life speaking out about 11 million words a year or about 25,000 words a day. Now, I know that myself and most men don't speak at 25,000 words a day. The average is a lot less, which means probably women are speaking a lot more than that, right? 
Is that true or is that true? Here's another fun fact just out of interest. The blue whale has the largest tongue of any creature on earth. It's the size of an elephant. Some of you have big tongues too, did you know that? Maybe not in size, but big tongues in by what comes out of your mouth. So I want to talk to us today about this great need that we have to tame our tongues, to learn how to control our tongues. And we're going to practice this by holding onto our tongues. Everyone hold your tongue now and say this with me. Chest to Cheeto, chew to chunk of cheap cheddar cheese. Well done, everyone. Give yourselves a clap. That was great. But today's topic, you know what, is all about real life. It's real life, and James is fantastic at this because he's dealing with a moment-by-moment issue that every one of us is facing. It's a difficult passage. It's a challenging passage. It's a convicting passage and affects all of us, and so we need to listen in today. There's times where we really need to take notice of what the Bible says, and this is one of them. And it's all about taming our tongue. So we're going to read in James 3, verse 1 to 12, these 12 verses, and I will read it out loud together. Not many of you should become teachers. That's all together, everyone. Let's go. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal or take chips as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body and sets the whole course of one's life on fire and itself sets on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can salt spring produce fresh water. What an amazing passage about the tongue. And James here is speaking to Christians, so he's speaking to us. He's talking very in-depth here about the tongue and he's helping us to see how the tongue can truly get us into so much trouble so often. He knows that unless we will submit our lives to God, that our tongue is actually untamable. It's only tameable as we submit ourselves to God. 
And because we're faced with so many troubles in our lives, our tongue can get us into trouble unless we submit ourselves to him. How often have you said things that you wish you could get back? You know, those words just got out too quick and said, oh, I just want to suck those words back in again because I know I'm going to regret what I just said. Our tongues get us into a lot of trouble. Here's a few observations that I made as I was reading through this passage in James. Firstly, the tongue is small, but incomparably to our bodies, it's tiny, but it has this huge impact in our lives, really. It has this influence over every area of our life, over our our relationships, over our marriages, over our children, over our homes, the atmosphere, over everyone around us. And James is helping us understand what the tongue can do, and he does this by comparing it to a few things. The first thing he compares it to is a a bridle. He compares it to a bridle. You all know what a bridle is, right? It's that little piece of metal, sometimes called a bit, in a horse's mouth. It's attached to the reins and the jockey sits on the horse and he's able to control the direction of the horse by pulling a little bit this way, a little bit that way as the bit moves in the horse's mouth. This amazingly strong animal, this big animal is being controlled by this little piece of metal in a horse's mouth. This little piece of metal is so powerful inside its mouth. This is what James is saying is our tongue is like this. can control the direction of your life. Key words like that. Key words is going to control the direction of your life. You know what? Your words could control the atmosphere of a room. In a split second, you can change the atmosphere just with your words. It's simple. Just pull it just a little bit this way and then change the atmosphere. Oh, I'm going to pull it just a little bit that way as the direction of that animal is moved. I mean, imagine if I came into church here today and I was up here with preaching to you and I was just to say, you know what, Creekside Church, I love this church so much. Wow. I just say these words. Wow, I'm just so proud of what we've done together, church. It's, what an amazing ministry. Whoa, what a beautiful worship time was just led in this morning. Oh, you've all grown so much. This is so fantastic the way you've all grown. What a generous offering we're all going to give this afternoon after the the service over lunch this morning. What a great church. I just love being part of this church. Love being part of this community of believers. You guys are the best. I just want to be around you, Creekside Church. I mean, look at you, this happy, smiling bunch of good-looking people. You see what I just did? I started to create an atmosphere in this room by the power of my words. But the opposite of this is true too. What if I went to my kids? Or what if I went to those around me? Or what if I came into the church here this morning and I said, you know what? I just can't stand you anymore. I don't want to be around you. I've had enough of you. Just get out of my life, all right? You make me so angry. I want you to leave. You make me sick. I wish you were never born. You've pushed me too far and I don't want to see you. And don't bother calling me either. Imagine what my words could do in the hearts of people, if I spoke like that to them. Some of you have heard words like that. 
Some of you have had words like that spoken over you. You've had someone say things like that to you or even worse things, calling you all sorts of names. Maybe you've been bullied, spoken to with evil words over your life. Maybe you've heard words like that. I want to leave you. I want a divorce. I don't love you. You see, the power of those words can change things in a split second. Like pulling on the bridle. We're going to go this direction now. Just a little pull on that bridle and the whole direction changes. Actually, I feel like I just changed the atmosphere of the room with my words in a split second. Is that true? I have the power to change the atmosphere of a whole room with my words. And so do you. It's very simple. Just pull the bridle a little bit this way. It's just the power of a tongue. Here's another example of what James says. He uses the example of a a rudder. Now, I've never been on a cruise ship. Anyone been on cruise ships? Yes. It's always something. We were talking about this the other day. I would love to maybe do a cruise sometime. But it would be so great. But these massive, great monster ships, and yet these tiny little rudders can change the direction of a ship. It's amazing how this small little thing can change such big ships in the direction. Without a rudder, there is no direction, actually. The rudder changes the direction and gets that ship to the destination of where it wants to go. If the rudder was not working, then the whole direction of the ship, the destination won't be reached and we can't get there. The tongue is like that. The tongue is directional. The the rudder is going to force the engagement of the direction that you're wanting to go and change direction of the whole ship. And your tongue is going to be able to do that in your life. And what James is saying is that the tongue is directional. And then he says that the tongue is like a spark. A spark. It's like, you know, over the years in the news where we've seen so many different stories and different times in bushfire season where the fires get out of control in Australia and we see these amazing bushfires that, you know, they destroy hundreds of thousands of acres of land and communities and homes and people's lives are affected and destroyed. Lives are destroyed through the fires. Homes are burned down and Fires just change the landscape so quickly and what took generations for, to grow that can be just destroyed in a moment's notice from these amazing bushfires, this incredible force that just annihilates everything in its path within seconds. One little word is like that. It's just a spark, one little phrase, one little gossip. It's just a spark, one little slur, one little criticism, one little lie, one little sarcastic comment. One little sly remark. You say, oh, it's just a little word. It's just a little comment. No, it's a spark. And we know where fires begin. Bushfires begin with a, with a spark. A fire that can get out of control and cause so much damage can literally take generations to, to grow back, to rebuild, to heal from what damage was done from that spark. A fire can cause massive ruins and the tongue can do the same because it can impact everything like a a bushfire. You see, James calls it a bridle and a rudder and a spark. And that's what your tongue can do because of the technology. We know our words can actually have an impact all over the world. And we don't only have to learn how to tame our mouth tongue, we have to learn how to tame our thumb tongue 
if you know what I mean. Our thumb tongue, as we get onto Facebook and all those little sly remarks or all those little likes and gossipy things that happen on, online, those words can also impact so many people around us. So I want to ask us, why do we need to practice holding our tongue? Well, firstly, your tongue can make you live with regret. Anyone here want to live with regret? No, none of us do. Publius, the Greek sage, says, I have often regretted my speech, but I've never regretted my silence. I've never regretted my silence. There's a saying that says, Lord, make my words sweet as honey, because tomorrow I might have to eat them. The second reason is because your tongue can defile you. The tongue has a lot to do with the heart. It's as though they're intimately connected. That's why in Luke, Jesus said, No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from, from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings forth evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. How carefully do you monitor what's going on inside of your heart? How carefully do you think about what's coming out of your mouth and monitor what you're saying, comparing what comes out of your mouth with what's in your heart? So many of us are concerned about what goes into our mouths. I know I'm quite concerned about what goes in my mouth. I always am thinking about that nowadays. For example, some people will only have a low-fat diet, so they'll only put low-fat food in. Some obsessively track the grams that they're having of different things into their body, and, and they're watching the number of calories they consume and avoiding refined sugars, and maybe they're having a limit of caffeine, and only eating dolphin-safe tuna, or things like that. Right. Maybe you're a lovacor. You know what a lovacor is? Someone who only eats food grown locally. That's not me. Are you a vegetarian or a vegan? You're only always thinking about, you know, maybe how much high fructose corn syrup you're having or how much organic milk I'm having. And I know some of these things I'm interested in because I'm interested in my health and I'm thinking about what I put in my body. Maybe it's organic fruit or organic soap or heirloom tomatoes or whatever's going on in your life. Everything's got to be organic. And maybe you use sea salt instead of table salt or you purchase only beef that's produced with the use of brovine uh, hormones. I only use organic olive oil or coconut oil, avocado oil, MCT oil, or you're drinking bottled water that's made from the island of Fiji. Okay, some people get obsessive about these things, of what we're putting into our mouth. But the bad news is that you could do all those things and you're still going to die. Those things, the value is limited. It's good, but the value is limited. They might make you feel healthier, and, but the value is tempor temporary. None of those foods are going to defile you, the Bible says, but they, can, they can't soil you spiritually. They might affect you physically, but they can't soil you spiritually and won't make you any less pleasing to God. So we've got to make a comparison here of what goes into our mouth is what's going to come out of our mouth. Compare and take, take care and control of what's coming out of our mouths. How careful are we in controlling what's coming out of our mouths, church? 
Do we apply as much energy and planning and thinking and self-discipline and controlling our speech as we do as controlling what goes into our mouth? Sometimes we focus on the wrong thing. Jesus is saying what comes out of our mouth is what can defile us. Jesus called the crowd to him and said, listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them. Rather, it is what comes out of a person that defiles them. He said, listen to me, read that. Listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them. Rather, it is what comes out of a person that defiles them. You see that? See, the heart and the tongue are connected. If you want to know the condition of your heart, just listen to the way you speak. Listen to the tone that you speak with. Listen to the words that come out. Start listening to what's coming out of your mouth and you'll start to see what's going on inside your heart. The Bible says, do not let any unwholesome speech come out of your mouth. Only that is what is good for encouraging one another and building each other up. Do not let any cursing, do not let any swearing, do not use the Lord's name in vain. Do not say things that are unwholesome speech. You see, those things will defile us. The type of language we use. The attitude with which we're speaking with. Whatever's going on in our heart is what's going to come up out of our mouth. And that's why it's so important to guard our hearts. I still remember many years ago on one occasion I was at a a blockbuster video store. Remember the video stores, everyone? That was ages ago, wasn't it? I remember searching for a new release movie. And as I was having a look for a movie to watch that night, I remember this young mum and her little boy. It's a very clear memory standing at the counter, and she was just going for it. Her language was so dirty. Her, she was loud. She was obnoxious. She was actually offensive to me as a customer in the store and the way she was speaking to the person there. And all I could do was just stop and pray. I prayed for her, and I prayed for that little boy growing up around that kind of thing. And I prayed about her language and the way that I was affecting the people all around in the atmosphere of that store right at that time. And God reminded me at that moment that her heart is connected to her mouth. And I thought, what is going on inside of her heart right now? Because out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Whatever's going on deep within is what will come out of our lives. All sorts of deeper issues were going on inside of her and it was springing forth from her tongue And that's why it says in Proverbs 3.23, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it spring up the issues of life. Out of your heart is why the words will come forth like a spring. What's in your heart will spring up in your life. It will come out of your mouth and it will defile you and define you. That's why we need to guard what we let into our hearts in the first place because what comes in starts to take root And starts to grow even before it springs up above ground. As we plant a seed in the ground, it takes root. We don't see anything yet, but it's growing in there. And then at some point, it springs up out of our life and starts to defile our life. And that's why one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit is that we have self-control. As we've let the Holy Spirit take over our lives, the Holy Spirit says, one of the fruits of having me in your life is to be self-controlled. So controlling your tongue, holding on to your tongue, 
taming your tongue is something only we can do with the Holy Spirit's help. That's why James says in James 3.2, anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. You see, your tongue can defile you. The third reason why is that you need to learn how to hold your tongue. Why practice holding your tongue? You need to learn how to hold your tongue. The Bible says that those who guard their mouths and their tongues keep themselves from calamity. You know what? The tongue has been a problem. Your tongue has been a problem since you were born. Did you know that? My tongue's been a problem since I was born. Why is that? Because we're born in a sinful world with a sinful nature. We're born with a sinful nature into a sin-stained world. You never had to teach your kids to say, no! Right? You never had to teach your kids to say, mine, get your hands off it! We never had to teach our kids to do that. You never had to teach your kids to say, I don't like you, I hate you! You never had to teach your kids that. You never had to teach each other how to lie. You never had to teach each other how to say something mean. So that's why, you see, we were born with a tongue that's evil and powerful. And you never have to teach this stuff or learn this stuff every day of our lives. We deal with it. Life can be really a great test on our tongues. Every day, our patience is tested. Every day, our character and integrity is tested. Every day, we find our tongues being tested, and we have to hold them, and we have to not let any evil spark them off and change the atmosphere of the room. The Bible says in Proverbs eleven twelve, the one who has understanding holds their tongue. I want to have understanding. One thing I've learned is that you're going to be remembered for your words. Somehow people remember what you have said to them. They remember what you've said. Was it said with love? Was it said with anger? We remember words. I remember what people have said to me. I remember the tone that they've used that they've spoken. I remember how much love was behind those words. I remember the attitude with which they spoke. We're remembered by our words. We are remembered by our words. How will you be remembered after you're gone? There was one lady had it on her tombstone. It said this, Beneath this stone, a lump of clay, lies Arabella Young, who on the 24th of May began to hold her tongue. That was a joke, guys. Yeah. Don't be remembered like that. Make a decision to honour God with all your heart and get your self-control of your tongue. It's your direction. It's, your, it's, it's determining the direction of your life. It's a decision and it's your responsibility to do this. The Bible says in Psalm 39.1, I said, I will watch my ways and keep my tongue from sin. I will put a muzzle on my mouth. 
It's up to you to guard your heart. It's up to you to watch what comes out of it. It's up to you to put a muzzle on it and control it. The Bible says in Proverbs 17, 28, it said, even fools... Oh, go back. There we go. Even fools are thought wise if they keep silent and discerning if they hold their tongues. Even fools who get this right are thought wise. Remember this, church. The tongue is humanly untamable. Spiritually, it is tameable with the Holy Spirit. This is one of the biggest truths that James brings out and speaks about. If you're not careful, you are naturally going to say things that you shouldn't say that will affect everyone around you. But with God's help, it is divinely tameable. Isn't that good news? And I want to finish with just a few thoughts of how we tame the tongue. How can we tame the tongue? Proverbs calls it having a tongue of choice silver. Everyone say choice silver. I want to have a tongue of choice silver. Proverbs says it, and uh, that's what I'm going to aim for. So here's how we have a tongue of choice silver. It says, the tongue of the righteous is choice silver, but the heart of the wicked is of little value. The first thing we need to do is speak out God's word. It says, the spirit of the Lord spoke through me. His word was on my tongue. You want to have a tongue of choice silver? Start speaking out God's word. Start speaking out his word. It says, may, the tongue, may my tongue sing of your word, for all your commands are righteous. Secondly, to have a tongue of choice silver, I need to speak the truth and not lies. Speak the truth. The Bible says, my lips will not say anything wicked and my tongue will not utter lies. In Psalm it says, my, my tongue will tell, you, will tell of your righteous acts all day long. In Proverbs 12, it says, truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue lasts only a moment. Many people live in a lie. They live in deception. We need to tell the truth. If you want to have a tongue of choice silver, we only tell truth. We don't lie. Even little lies are lies. Lying makes God sick. I remember as uh, my kids were growing up, I'd say, you know what lying does, kids? Lying gives God a stomachache. The Bible says it literally makes him sick. Lying. You want to have a tongue of choice silver? Always tell the truth. And thirdly, speak out praise to God. Speak out praise to God with your tongue. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him as my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. I will praise him. I'll speak out praises to God. And then fourthly, I'll speak out about God. In Romans, it's written, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me. Every tongue will acknowledge God. In Psalm, it says, my tongue will proclaim your righteousness, your praises all day long. In Psalm 66, I cried out to him with my mouth. His praise was on my tongue. Speak out about God. I think James was in a dilemma when he was saying that in one minute we speak out to God, we cry out to him with, the, with my mouth and we praise him with my tongue and in the next, the next sentence I'm cursing people. I'm cursing God. I'm cursing others. It's like, how could this be? If you want to have a tongue of choice silver, speak out about God. Speak out about God. 
And fifthly, speak out with wisdom and justice. From the mouth of the righteous comes fruit of wisdom, but a perverse tongue will be silenced. And then in Psalm 37, from the mouths of, right, the, the of the righteous utter wisdom, and their tongues speak what is just. In Proverbs 12, the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Number six, speak out encouragement. You want to have a tongue of choice silver? Speak out encouragement. Be a person of encouragement. In Thessalonians, it says we should encourage one another and build each other up. It says in Proverbs 15:4, the soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. And finally, invite the worship team to come at this time. A prayer for all of us. A prayer for all of us. It's Psalm 139:4. Before a word is on my tongue, Lord. Lord, you know it completely. Help me control my tongue. Help me control my tongue. So how do we have a tongue of choice silver? When it comes down to it, you need to pray like David prayed. May these words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, Lord, be pleasing in your sight. Lord, my rock and my redeemer. May these words of my mouth and this meditation in my heart be pleasing in your sight, my Lord, my rock, my redeemer. Let's just pray together. If you'd like to close your eyes for a moment and just have a think. I know it's a challenging scriptures. The Bible is full of so many scriptures I've shared with you today and so many more around this. We need to learn how to hold our tongue. As James 1.19 says, Dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak. Quick to listen and slow to speak. We need to ponder this, church. We need to think about what we're going to say. Ask yourself, is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? Is it even kind? And you need to pray. You need to ask God to tame your tongue and be reminded that your tongue is divinely tameable. But without the Holy Spirit's help, it's untamable. A bridle, a rudder, a spark that can set the direction of your life and change the atmosphere of a room. David prayed it like this. Lord, set a guard over my mouth, Lord, and keep watch over the door of my lips. The Living Bible says it like this. Help me, Lord. Help me to keep my mouth shut and my lips sealed. I'm going to say it like this, Lord, and we all pray it today. Lord, help me keep my mouth shut. Help me keep my mouth shut more and tame my tongue in Jesus name Amen